I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory, and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Hello, family. Thank you for tuning in to this week's what's going to be really an exceptional episode of Live Your Best Life with me, Liz Wright. You're going to receive so much fresh hope for your life today, whatever you're going through. My very beautiful, very special guest joining me for today's conversation is with, alongside her husband. She's part of the leadership of Bethel Church in Reading in California, one of my happy places, as you all know. And her life is exceptional. It really is her testimony, what Jesus has done in her life. It's, you know, remember as you're listening to today's conversation, same Jesus wants to do the same for you, meeting every single need that you have. So she's a woman of so much love, so much because of what's happened to her. You know, she is absolutely full of passion to see everybody experiencing Jesus in a very real way and being set free. It's my joy to welcome into the conversation with me today, Ruth Moore. Ruth, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Liz. I'm super excited to be here and for what God is going to do through this this podcast together. Yeah, me too. Me too. Okay, I want to dive in from the get-go and ask you, please, would you share the profound healing testimony that all that Jesus did for you that's changed your mindset, changed your life? I'm not going to spoil the story for you guys, but can 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 I ask you to start there? What happened to you, Ruth? Yeah, I would love to share. And 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 as as Liz said, like the the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Revelation nineteen ten says so. What God's yeah. done once, He's willing and able to do again. So I just want to encourage you, even as I share, seeing a number of people healed just listening to to the story. And so, if you need healing in your body, just um, position yourself to receive. You don't need to yeah. do anything else, but just position yourself to receive. For me, uh, as Liz said, one of my probably most defining moments with the Lord was a, a, a miraculous healing that I that I received. And so when I was 15 years old, I got diagnosed with ME. Up until that point, I was playing a lot of sport. I played tennis, I was doing well in school. And um, after I got diagnosed, I was in chronic pain. I um, could barely walk, so I had to get a wheelchair because I could only walk a few steps, my legs would give way. Um, my parents had to help me with things like sometimes helping me cut up my food. I was light sensitive, noise sensitive. So my life became very, very restricted. And as a 15 year old, you you kind of think oh, I'm always I'm going to get better. You always have done before. And so my perspective, I thought I was going to get better. And this went on for five and a half years. I was unwell for. <clears throat> and I'd grown up in a, a Baptist church and didn't necessarily have any teaching around God healing people. And so I went to a church a couple of years into being sick and they were talking about God healing people. I was like, oh, he still does that. That's that's amazing. I need that. <laughs> uh, and so I got prayed for for healing and nothing happened. Uh, I didn't receive breakthrough. And so as someone that didn't have any theology around healing and as a teenager, I tried to kind of make my own up, right? <laughs> and so I um, thought, okay, if I didn't get healed, there must be something wrong I must be doing something wrong we're taught in the world there's there's no such thing as a free lunch you don't get something for nothing and so I took that mindset into my relationship with the Lord and tried to begin to earn my healing and so I I would do things like okay maybe 
I'm not reading my Bible enough. I don't know my Bible enough. So if I read my Bible more, maybe God will heal me. And I always tell people reading our Bible is so important, but the mindset we read our Bible with is, is equally as important. I don't read my Bible to, to qualify for God's blessings, to earn something. I read yeah, my Bible huge. to find out what blessings Jesus qualified me for. I, I, I'm, it's a very different mindset. I remember thinking if I just prayed better, maybe I'm not praying the right prayers or praying hard enough, then God will heal me. And again, just realizing it's not my ability to pray. It's his ability to answer. And my faith needs to be in his ability to answer. It's very easy when you've had a, a long-term thing you're contending with the Lord for to move into some form of performance uh, to try and earn something. And I did this for a long time. I remember even saying to God, God, if you heal me, I'll share my testimony in front of hundreds and thousands of people and you'll get all the glory. I like, do it in a big place. And again, just trying to bargain with God, trying to come up with some kind of, I'm like, I've got a marketing plan for you. You do this for me, I do this for you. I'll make you look real good. And, and then God, I, this went on for, for five and a half years. And I honestly stopped asking for prayer after a while. The disappointment set in and, and I, I had the mindset of clearly he doesn't want to do it right now and I don't want to make him mad. Um, now I realize how that's not the right perspective of the Lord. Yeah. But at the, at the time I really was trying hard to earn a healing, which made healing a reward in my mind instead of a gift that Jesus paid for. And it's really important that we remember what are gifts because that, you know, for me, I was changing the nature of the father to a boss that I had to please to get something from instead yeah. of a father that wanted to give me a free gift or something that Jesus already paid for that I didn't have to. Mm. So I'm, I'm sick for five and a half years at this point and then God starts to speak to me. And at this point, I'm in my first year of university I am a disabled student on campus. I have people helping me with taking notes and getting books out, helping cook, all laundry, all of those things. Um, my parents drive up every weekend a few hours just to make sure I have some food. And it, it, it was it was it was a lot. The God starts to speak to me and he says, Ruth, I don't want to heal you because of anything you've done. He said, Ruth, I don't want to heal you because of anything you will do. He said, Ruth, I don't even want to heal you for a testimony. <laughs> that my healing to you is a love gift. And for me, as someone that was trying to earn, it was like a, it was like a light bulb moment for me. Yeah, yeah. And then I, um, I went to this conference and someone was sharing and as they did, I had um, like almost like a vision with the Lord, like a, a remembering that with God where he spoke to me. And I, I never had this happen before, but he took me back to this moment when I was in bed and I was so sick and I was crying because I was in so much pain and I was so frustrated about how limited my life was. And I remember my dad was sitting on the edge of my bed and my dad started to cry with me. And my dad said, I just want my little girl back. He said, if I could wave a magic wand and take your sickness and have it myself, he said, Ruth, I would do that in a moment. And God reminded me of this. And he said, Ruth, I am your dad. I am your father. And he said, and I want you to be well, even more than your earthly father does. And that is why Jesus did pay the price for your sickness on the cross. He took your sickness on the cross so that you could be fully well. And it's, it's, it might sound simple and it's, it's the gospel, but for me, it was, it was so profound. Yeah. He actually wanted to heal me that I wasn't trying to convince him to do it, but he was a, a kind, good father that would want me to be well. The next day I went back to the same conference 
and a lady called Heidi Baker was speaking. And I'd never heard her before, but someone had told me, hey, you need to get prayer from her because she had the same sickness for 10 years and God healed her. And so I was like, I'm going to get prayer from this lady and I'll watch her minister. And I'm like, I don't know who this is, but I like her. Yes. (laughs) Heaven and earth. And I want to be like you one day when I grow up. (laughs) um, She prayed for people and she prayed for me. And she actually just gave me a really big hug. And I remember as she hugged me, feeling more love than I had ever experienced in my whole life. I felt overwhelmed by love. And I remember Mm -hmm. this thought going through my mind of, how can I feel this much love from someone that doesn't know me? And knowing now I was, it wasn't her love. I was encountering the love of God. Yeah. Encountering this extreme love of the father. And as she began to let me go in the hug, I said, please, can you pray for me? Can you pray for my Emmy? And she said, that's what I was praying for. She said, she said, you need to go and buy yourself some running shoes because you're going to be able to run again. And then she starts prophesying. Um, and she's like, there is a healing anointing on your life. You're going to see the dead raised. You're going to see the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear. And she starts just speaking over, over me. And I remember as she did, I felt that the sickness lift off of me. It literally felt something come off of me. And I remember falling to the ground, crying, knowing in that moment, I've got my life back. <laughs> wow. The song, like there was, they were, there was worship was going on. I started saying, taste, the taste and see that the Lord is good. And I remember yeah. standing up and worshiping Jesus in Bath, England, without pain in my body, without my legs giving way. I went back. I, I remember I drove home from the meeting and I screamed the entire way. <sighs> Jesus has just healed me. I got to talk to my friends at university who had known me as a disabled student for the whole year and walk around campus with them the next day and surprise people. I went to church the next morning and I started seeing people healed through my own hands as I shared my testimony and then prayed for for young people. And immediately there was this activation inside of me. Um, I remember calling my mom and dad and it was the end of the first year and they got to come and help me. And I got to help them clean out my room and pack up my wheelchair and just seriously got my life back it it changed me changed me forever oh Oh my gosh and for your beautiful dad what it must have been like for him to see his precious little girl (laughs) completely healed wow they're just just doing things and watching them just cry yeah oh she's back she's able to live her life you know oh my gosh and how the fact that Jesus just began to flow through you, you know, by his beautiful spirit and you began to see others set free because it was just so matter of fact for you now. He loves you. He loves us. And it's his love, isn't it? Pouring everything is his love. I remember, you know, when you were sharing that, I just briefly remembered I, I was speaking in Alaska a few years ago. And um, this beautiful lady and her daughter came up. Her daughter was probably 16. And I didn't know what was happening, but the daughter was crying. And I felt engulfed by the love of Jesus. And just so instead of actually praying words, I just began to hold her. And I knew that it wasn't me anymore. I was just I was the body of God in that moment. You know, he was just pouring out through me and I just yielded. 
on the inside just yielded and just hugged her and hugged her. And I must have stood there for a good 10, 15 minutes. And in the middle of this whole conference where revival had broken out and I was the speaker and I was just gone, you know, I was like walking around among the people compelled by love. And there was no one on the platform anymore, no need. Like the Lord had taken over, you know, as it should be. And, and I just held her anyway. And I knew something profound was going on. And then towards the end of the conference, I was walking out and she came over with her mum and her mum said to me, my daughter's free. She's completely free. She's experienced the love of Jesus. She's been raped. She was very badly raped. And she came to the event and she'd been so badly raped. She was so damaged and she was completely set free by the love of God. So he's amazed. Isn't isn't it's the love of God is the answer to everything. It truly is. I mean, the Bible says love never fails, right? And I, yeah. Think, yeah. We, I think sometimes we overcomplicate things. We think yeah. we've got to have these profound words or, or or whatever it is. And like you say, just just being consumed with God's love so that we can overflow that love, a love that sets people free. Yeah. And changes and mm-hmm. transforms. It's, it is more simple than yeah. we often make it. Yeah, it is. There was also... Um, when I was listening to to the message that you brought very recently, which was super powerful on basically being set free. Well, it's the love of God again, isn't it? And being set free from anxiety and fear and obviously being physically healed. There was a testimony you shared and um, I was so moved, uh, like like what the Lord's done for you and is now doing through you in the most profound way because you just have immovable rock solid faith in the goodness of Jesus and the healing power of his presence. And, and um, it was the, it was the man that had been suicidal and was paralyzed. Would you share what happened there? Because also through that, you were sharing vulnerably about the lessons you learned basically, you know, and the not to cave into fear, not to allow fear to dominate you because the fruit of you pressing through in that moment, pushing back where fear was pushing back against your gifting and your ministry that that profound life-changing moment wouldn't have happened you know what I mean so it's just brilliant what you shared would you share with us what happened I would love to yeah I was talking in the context of of like you say fear and love casting out fear us being being encountered and consumed with love and 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 then getting to love those in front of us with the love of Jesus and um I, I was sharing how I believe the love of God launches us into all that God has for us. Mm. And often where there's areas of fear, there's usually breakthrough on the other side, right? The, the uh, Chris Valtin is one of the pastors here. He says, the dogs of doom stand at the door of our destiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there's mm-hmm. kind of this, um, usually where our destiny and calling is, there's usually some kind of wrestle, right? Like, yeah. Um, and often is where fear tries to come up. And I, I shared in, in that, and I can I share more about even being afraid of speaking in front of people, being feeling called to preach and this whole thing. Yeah. But this this particular this particular testimony uh was a man that came in in a wheelchair. Now, after I had been radically healed, I love to see people set free of, of any sickness, right? Because I know it's not about a cool story for me. It's about a life transformed. It's I got my life yeah. back and I yeah. I want to see that same freedom. Um, yeah, well, you totally, you totally understand, don't you? Yeah. You, you have yeah. so much empathy and compassion. Yeah, passion that compels you. Like I want to see, see change. So this man comes into this service we're doing. It's down in Santa Cruz, about three or three or four hours from where we are, and he comes in in a wheelchair. And so in the time we decide to have a time of healing, and in that time, I 
go over to him because I'm like, I want to see him set free. And so I say, what what's wrong? And there's a lot going on and there's worship music happening and it's a, a loud service. And so I thought he said um, he had a bad hip. And so I was like, okay. And so I start, I start praying for his hip. And then I heard the Lord say to me, Ruth, I want you to sing over him. And singing, so I was afraid to speak in front of people. I was even more afraid to sing in front of people. I've never been told you don't have a good voice. Your whole life. So I, I had this thing of I don't want to fail. I don't want to not be good at something. And so for me, that was actually a real risk, um, a place where fear came up. But I got mm-hmm. to engage with, you know, when I feel fear, I take it as an invitation for an upgrade in love. Yep. Brilliant. Brilliant. Upgrade in love right now. So, so, okay. I'm like, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, how much you love me? Father God, how much you love me? I get encountered by love. And then I engage with love for this man that, okay, what's more important, my fear and catering to me being comfortable or the perspective of freedom for this man. If I can engage with love, the sort of self-focus, and I don't mean this in a, a way to bring shame on people. This is a battle I've had but it mm-hmm. tends to be when I'm focusing on me. Yeah. Actually, yeah. For all of us, it's the same really, isn't it? That's what fear does. It causes you to become self-consumed as opposed to love consumed. It's all, all of those kind of things. And so I, I start thinking it's, it'd be worth it, you know, that <laughs> I'm just like yeah. engaging with love. And so I start singing over this man. And as I start singing, I see tears start to come to, to go down his cheeks and he stands up out of his wheelchair. And he, I remember he just puts his hands in the air and stands up. And I'm thinking, that's awesome. Like, God wow. was keeping his hip and he's like, I want to get up and share. So he leaves his wheelchair. And, you know, as soon as somebody sort of leaves a wheelchair and starts to go up to testify, the 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 church is getting pretty excited. Well, he he goes up and he says, um, 18 months ago, I was in a car accident and I was paralyzed from the waist down. He said, you could stick pins in my legs and um, I wouldn't feel anything. And I'm sitting there going, you were paralyzed. Wow. <laughs> kindness of God that I heard hip. I was like, I have faith for a hip, right? <laughs> and this point, not seen anybody healed that was paralyzed. So I was like, okay, this is amazing. And so he said, I, and, he, and he's he's standing up there, he's moving, and, and then he gets hearing aids out of his pocket. And he says, also, I had to wear hearing aids, but in worship, my ears popped open. Nobody had even prayed for him. Like, That's amazing. Now, I remember I sat on the, the front row as he testified. I'd walked up with him, and I just wept. Because I thought all my risk, any risk, will always be worth it just for this man. Yeah. It's the one. If, if, if it's just one that I see, it'll always be worth it. And I remember being so, like this moment of, well, how many times do we listen to fear, right? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll finish this story, but I, it's reminding me of something with my husband that I feel like I'm supposed to share there was a, a time when we were speaking in, in London and the two of us were on stage. And my husband, Steve, just hears a very still, quiet voice say, go stand off of the stage on the floor next to the stage. And he's like, I'm, you know, I'm preaching. I'm up here with Ruth. It was a harder service. You know, sometimes you have those services. We're not seeing a ton of breakthrough. And, but he decides to listen to that voice. So he goes off the stage and goes to stand. And I, he hasn't told me this. So I'm kind of like, what is he doing? Where's he going? Well, when he goes and stands off the stage, he has an open vision. First time he's ever had it with the Lord, kind of like seeing a movie screen. And he sees this girl who is in the congregation and he sees her get up out of, she's in a wheelchair and he sees her not in a wheelchair, dancing through fields and uh, doing the creative things and uh, influencing uh, politics, all of these things. And And so he goes over to her and he starts to pray for her again. 
I don't know this. I'm still preaching. I'm like, what happened? He just listened to the still small voice and it's led him to this place. Mm. Well, he prays for her for a little bit. Um, and she starts to see, she had a backpack on her feet. She's like, my, my backpack's hurting my feet. And this was a, a miracle because she couldn't feel her feet. She had MS and she was very, very sick with MS. She had a, a lift to get it in and out of the bath. She couldn't walk at all. She hadn't walked for, uh, I think it was over a year. I'm not sure. It was a lot, a, a decent chunk of time. Well, he suddenly looks at me and I'm a little annoyed <laughs> because I haven't heard from this from the Lord. And I'm like, what are you doing? We're supposed to be ministering together. And and so he runs back up. On the, he's like, I should go back up. Well, as he does, she stands up out of her wheelchair and she walks up to the stage and then she starts going up on her tiptoes and, and just realizing like, she's totally healed she walks up on stage we're like what is going on um now I'm like I'm sorry I repent for uh <laughs> being like where did she go <laughs> well she gets completely healed she's gets her friends in a wheelchair she's running laps around this Anglican church in London with her friend in the wheelchair she got completely healed it, it, it just the two stories tie in because it's that still small voice right that said go stand off to the side that we could miss or for me sing over him that it, it's not like this it's I could have had a choice right I could have listened to the voice of fear yeah. or listened to the voice of love yeah and so many times and so uh, the, the end of that story is the next day we met with the pastors before we drove back to Reading and they said hey do you remember that man that you prayed for last night he was paralyzed like, of course I don't think I will ever forget this man they said well we found out his backstory that he he was actually in a hotel room a week ago about to commit suicide because he was so devastated about being paralyzed from his accident and as he's about to take his life, he hears a voice. And the voice says, turn the TV on. And as he turns the TV on, there is somebody preaching the gospel. And they say, if you want to know this Jesus, call this number. And as a last ditch attempt, he calls this number. This person prays for him. And this person Googles meetings nearby where he lives. And the meeting that we were doing pops up. And so this is his first meeting in church. So he comes, his ears open up. He gets completely healed. And just radical, right? And then we come back to uh, to, to Reading and I get a text. And it's a few days later saying, hey, remember that man? Well, he went to the doctors because he's paralyzed. And he also, what well, I also didn't know, remember, I just know hip at this point when I prayed. Mm -hmm. also know he had six metal plates to reconstruct his back. And after he got, he got healed, he's able to do jumping jacks and just do all of these things that are physically impossible with all of this metal in his back. Well, he went to the doctors. They took one set of x-rays. They didn't understand. They're like, there's got to be a problem here. So they did another set of x-rays. The x-rays showed there was no metal in his back. His back was perfect and completely healed. And so just, just the most incredible story. Uh, wow. You know, God is so kind, right? He's so kind. And there's moments of risk of just, I, it's not, a, it's not a, I think often we think it's this huge moment. It's this huge thing. It's five seconds, right? It's normally just that quick moment of, am yeah. I going to do it or am I not? Am I going to listen to fear or am I going to listen to love? And it's yeah. making that decision of, no, I'm just going to be obedient to his yeah. voice, even if I feel uncomfortable, even if I feel scared. And I think yeah. I also read that thing of perfect love casts out fear and think, mm. oh gosh, like um, if I have fear, there's this huge issue. Instead of going, no, it's an invitation of me to have an upgrade in love. Love is the offensive weapon. Love is going to get rid of this thing. I'm, I'm going to invite love into my fear instead of being afraid of feeling fear and getting really worked up. I was like, I've got fear. No, 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 no. I'm just going to let love in. And again, so beautiful. So life changing. Just what you've shared. 
Thank you. Amazing, Jesus. But also the way you you communicate makes it very accessible. It's like you said, not listening to fear, not being afraid of fear either, afraid of our fear, but actually inviting the one who is perfect love to just come in and be the solution for our hearts in that moment so that we can yield. Well, that is yielding, even choosing that, isn't it? You know, because all of us are the same. We want to just be a vessel of his glory for his love to flow through and his healing to flow through. And it's it's the truth, isn't it? The word of God says that signs and wonders and miracles will follow those that believe. It's simply those that believe. And even saying, Jesus, come and be the love I need in this moment to eradicate the fear is believing, you know, that he's going to do it. It's just beautiful. Just in the few minutes we have left, can I ask you, would you pray for people? I was really particularly feeling that those of you who've got hope deferred, you might have been trusting the Lord for a long time for yourself or a loved one, you know, and I just really felt that this is your moment. The Lord is going to touch you. So can can I ask you, would you pray, Ruth? I would love to. I'd love to. Um, I want to share just a very quick thing leading into the prayer for that. Mm. You brought that that up, Liz, because I think often we can hear healing testimonies and they can either they can either inspire us or they can almost be a reflection of what we're not seeing and almost show us what uh, almost say, OK, we're, I don't have that. I don't have the breakthrough right now. Um, And I, I just want to share with you that I believe God is infusing hope back into his bride. Yeah, especially around the area of impossibilities, and I think we've come yeah. through a very hard season in, yeah. in in COVID. And even for for my husband and I, we are we're passionate about healing, but we've walked through our fair share of disappointment too. You know, you can yeah. hear a couple of these big victory stories, um, but we we've we've lost four four babies during pregnancy, and each uh, three of those times we had scans which showed the 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 baby didn't have a heartbeat and we believed for life and even one one of those times my sister-in-law my husband's sister had a miscarriage exactly at the same time her, her and our due dates were one day apart and her baby was medically documented resurrected in the womb her fourth child and our baby is the second one we'd lost at that time we didn't have any babies in, on on earth um we lost that baby and I, I I share this for, for 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 this one reason that the Lord spoke to me about hope deferred in that yeah. in that moment. And I remember him saying to me, I remember I remember saying to the Lord, Proverbs 13, 12 said, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Mm. But a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And I read that and I felt almost like a victim to this verse. Because so I'm like, my hope is deferred, so my heart is sick, and I I didn't want it to be deferred. Because mm. I fought and I believed and I, I we went for life. And I remember God saying to me, Ruth, hope is not in a circumstance. Hope is a person and his name is Jesus. And the reason I bring this up is that often when we have disappointment, anything disappointment or painful, we want to avoid, right? We, You touch something hot, you don't want to touch it again. You hope yeah. for healing, it didn't happen. You don't want to do it again. It was part of my journey. But I remember saying, if, if we allow disappointment to steal our expectation, what, what it does is it that hope deferred it's when hope itself stops that a heart gets sick it's not when the circumstance doesn't happen and and the reason is is that is because christ in us is the hope of glory he is mr hope and so what happens is if if we get hurt by something and we get disappointed and we move our attention in in order to protect ourselves from from hoping again we move our eyes off of jesus 
who is the very one who is able to bring breakthrough in our situation. We move our eyes off of the solution out of a fear of having that pain again. And I share this because I believe there's there's people listening that you have hoped and your hope has been deferred. And, what, and by I mean that your hope has stopped because of the fear of pain again. And I feel like Mr. Hope is wanting to come into your life again, infuse your life again with hope and say, hey, no matter what your past experience is, there is a king, his name is Jesus. And there is no other solution except him. And where disappointment and hope deferred has tried to rob you of your expectancy and your faith. I feel like there's an impartation of faith and hope where God is like, no, it's time for the people of Christ, his body to rise up. And so if that's you, I want you just to put your hands out. Um, just kind of like you're going to receive a gift. There's nothing magical about this, but sometimes it helps me remember my job is to receive, not achieve, and that he has good gifts for me. And so, Father, I thank you for every person that is listening to this call. God, I thank you that you see their individual circumstance, that you see their need, their places of pain, their places of disappointment, places where they need healing. And God, I thank you that there is no other solution than Jesus. There is there is no other solution than the blood of Jesus. And so God, I pray that you would come and invade their, their bedroom right now, their kitchen, their car. Holy Spirit, that your love would come and fill wherever they're at, would come and fill their lives and fill their hearts and your love would speak a better word. Holy Spirit, I pray that hope would come and be breathed back into their lives and there would be a permission to hope again, knowing that King Jesus can bring the breakthrough. I speak to those of you that are believing for healing breakthrough. I speak to your body and I command your body to come into line with heaven in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you um, that you're stirring your bride to, to see his love break out in radical, radical ways. And I pray for an impartation of hope, faith, and love over every person in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. The presence of Holy Spirit is thick right now. Oh my gosh, I encourage you as well as, as we finish our time together today, if you can, just spend a few more minutes just with Jesus and hand him over any situation that you know is still within you where that has caused hope deferred, that has whether you're feeling the weight, you're feeling the pressure of it and the pain of it still. He's moving right now. He's moving and he's going to complete that heart surgery in you and release that healing for you today. Oh my gosh, Ruth, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your life. Thank you. Thank you for pressing on in the journey in your relationship with Jesus. You are, you are a living epistle of hope for all of us, <laughs> showcasing who our Jesus is, his beautiful mercy and love. And yeah, yeah, so good to be with you. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you so much for having me. I've so enjoyed uh, getting to share with you and thank you for having me on and guys thank you too for giving us your precious time and uh, i pray you have the most extraordinary week experiencing the love of jesus deeper than you ever have meeting every single one of your needs and i look forward to being with you again next monday god bless over 20 years ago now i had a life transforming experience with jesus he enabled me to begin to walk with him in a supernatural way where a lifestyle of encounters became my normal. And that's why I wrote Reflecting God. I have literally poured out into this book all of the keys that I have learned down the years on how you walk this kind of life with Him. I encourage you, pick up a copy of Reflecting God from wherever you buy your books.